Hello, everybody. It's Friday, August the 3rd. Brian Janikowski. I'm Christian Thwaites. I'm Jill Carruthers. Let's get started with this week's market chat. It was a good week for stocks, Christian, especially Apple, which is the first stock to cross over the $1 trillion mark. Apple now represents about 4% of the S&P. Can you talk a bit about what propelled them over this critical mark, and how likely is it that this accelerated growth will continue? Well, Apple's an extraordinary stock. It's it's not actually that expensive. When we talk about the, the fangs that people have been talking about as the sort of lead tech companies of the last years, so that's Facebook, Alphabet, Google, Amazon, Netflix. Um, it's actually one of the cheapest of that lot. So it's it, it only trades uh, at about 15, 16 times forward earnings. So it's not particularly expensive. So from that perspective, it's good to see that it's it's obviously powered its way to the top of the S&P 500, did that about three or four years ago. Now it's through the one trillion mark. And um, and by all accounts, it continues to be a very well-run business. It's, it's returned about $250 billion in cash uh, to shareholders over the last few years in the form of dividends and share buybacks. So this is a company which, uh, you know, is, is founded on very strong Financials. It's uh, it's, a, it's quite a defensive stock at times, given the amount of uh, free cash it generates. And it's kind of good to see that a, you know, that the that a company of that quality is at the top of the S and P. Uh, the last, the one that it displaced was Exxon Mobil, and that one in turn displaced GE. Now, in hindsight, GE was uh, was a was a company built on a lot of leverage with a lot of financial businesses that turned very ugly in two thousand eight. Uh, a nine, the company, the stock's down about eighty percent since then, and stayed there. Um, and then Exxon was more of a cyclical stock, so it was doing very well when oil prices were, you know, seventy, eighty, ninety, and pushing a hundred back in twenty eleven and twelve. So you know, Apple's a different kind of animal from both of those companies, and uh, and I think it's a very you know very well deserving uh, holder of the number one spot. Great. Let's talk a little bit about trade. There's kind of a truce right now with the European Union, but trade issues with China are more heated. How's this affecting our markets? Well, the, the short answer is the, the initial uh, trade talks started way back in March, April with the aluminum steel tariffs. Uh, since, then time, since that time, they've escalated. They've gone on to include a lot more products. They've gone on to include the EU, as well as China, including, you know, occasional rounds with the NAFTA partners. So so trade has been, had a while to sort of settle into the economy as being, uh, to the market as being uh, something where there's a lot of talk, a lot of threats. It's definitely not a good thing, but it seems a little bit immune to some of the latest headlines. I'm not sure if that's, uh, if they're underestimating the risk or just looking through to the risk and saying, well, you know, another $200 billion worth of Chinese goods are now subject not to a 10% tariff, but to a 25% tariff. Chinese, of course, immediately retaliated, saying that they would raise tariffs on $60 billion worth of U.S. goods. So it's definitely sort of escalating. But I think the reason the market's not in complete shock is not so much denial. It's just that, um, uh, we, ha- you know, they wait until the effects start to be seen by by the market and also we've got at least another month or two before any of these things get implemented so i think um i think the the headlines are not particularly good on the trade side but the implementation has been slow to come about 
Okay, we'll keep an eye out on, for, on that. Yep. And on to the deficit. Tax revenues are down, spending is up, and the deficit's growing. What does this mean for our economy? Well, uh, I mean, it, this is not a particularly uh, new prediction in the sense that when the tax uh, cuts were announced, sort of October, November, and eventually passed in December, I mean, every uh, sort of economic institute in the world, doesn't matter about its political leaning, was going to talk about uh, a decline in tax revenues for the U.S. economy. The question was, would those tax revenues decline and decline permanently, or would they decline for a while and then hockey stick back up as the growth of the economy increased activity and, and raised uh, tax revenue? And obviously, it's the latter argument which was behind Reaganomics and pretty much every tax cut since then. Um, so what we what we've seen now is the first stage of that, where tax revenue is down. It's down. It's down by a lot. It's down by about seven eight hundred billion dollars uh, in on a tax revenue stream of three trillion. So it's about down 10, 12 percent. Corporation tax is at a seventy year low uh, as a percentage of GDP, and certainly down a lot in dollar terms. And so there's nothing else to fill the gap. So the deficit has started to balloon out again. Um, and the worrying thing, the chart that we put in the in the blog this week, is that normally uh, there's a kind of a, a, a an inverse relationship to the deficit and unemployment. As unemployment goes down, the deficit improves, and vice versa. And what we're seeing right now is unemployment, you know, at a at a very good number, just under four percent, and the deficit climbing to more like three, four, five percent very rapidly of GDP. So you don't usually see those numbers. In fact. I couldn't find any time where in the last 70 years, 1948, where you'd seen such a discrepancy in these two lines. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're now looking at uh, increased deficit, increased borrowing. And the thing that really spurred it was the Treasury announced its funding requirements for the third and fourth quarter. And they're substantially bigger than they were in 2Q, 2Q, second quarter is always a weird one because a lot of tax revenues comes in on tax day, but a lot a lot uh, higher than they were estimated to be at the beginning of the year and from a year ago. So we've got some interesting treasury auctions next week. We'll see how those go as, as people contemplate the, the uh, likelihood of very increased supply from the treasury side. And it seems like there are some instruments that are new for the treasury that they're offering coming up. Yes, well, um, Treasury is very cautious about about implementing new um, new new types of bonds. I mean, they they had thirty year bonds for a while. It took a long time to sort of prevent, put them in, and they suspended them in the end of the nineties, early two thousands for a while. Then they reinstituted them. Uh, tips went through a very big uh, you know uh, discovery and investigative phase, and then floating rate notes, which came out about four or five years ago went through the same sort of, you know, will the market like them, appreciate them and use them. So the one that's new coming up um, in October is a two-month bill. So normally you get, you know, bills or anything that's sort of less than a year, so it'd be 12 months, six months, three months, one month, one week. Uh, and so now we've got something bang in the middle, a two-month one. It's going to, and there's quite a lot of funding required at that level, but but they've done their homework. They know that there's a there's a healthy appetite for this this type of paper, but uh, but yes, so there's a lot of new things and a lot of high volume coming on the bill and bond market in the next few months. Okay, so it's been a pretty busy week that we've just wrapped up. What are you keeping an eye on for next week? Um, we've got the inflation numbers next Friday. I don't think they'll be a surprise to anybody, but we've had the Fed last week come out and basically say 
uh, no change to policy. Uh, there was, you know, the, the, the minutes, it was no press meeting uh, after this, after the August meeting. Just talked about um, economy doing well, employment doing well, inflation still under control. So we don't really expect any sort of big inflation uptick come through in next week's numbers. Got the tail end of the earnings season coming through. Um, and then I think we're looking at the big macro stuff about what's going on with the yuan uh, uh, dollar rate, which has been under pressure quite a bit recently. Um, any kind of news from emerging markets and any kind of continued talk on trade. It is, I, we've said this before, but you know, in the summer trading, volumes are low. So uh, prices can move far more aggressively and, and react far more extremely than they would normally. So um, we'll see, what, see what's going to coming out. But I think, I think the market's in, in pretty good Pretty good step right now, especially you know, especially given the uh, strength of the earnings season we've just had. Great. Well, thanks for another great week of insights. Okay, thanks, Jill. And uh, here's our disclosure. Please note this discussion of our investments, investment strategy, including our research, investment process, represent investment, investment strategy. The day of this commentary is subject to change without notice. We cannot assure that the type of investment discussed in this commentary will outperform any other investment strategy in the future, nor can we guarantee that such investments will present the best or attractive risk-adjusted investment in the future. This is for general information purposes only. References to an individual security should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell that security. The security is mentioned in this commentary only as several of the successful and unsuccessful investment strategies by us. Do not represent all the securities we have purchased or the recommended, although we deem reliable the source of the statistical and other information referred to in this commentary. We cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any statements or numerical data. Past performance is no indication of future results.